really do believe that we need to make sure that we're not building on the defeat that the world is seeing and the negativity that spews out every day, but rather on the Word of God. I think a lot of us, we allow our limitations, whatever they be, to determine how far we believe our life can go, but it's very clear in Ephesians 3 that God can do exceeding abundant and above anything you or I could ever imagine in our wildest dreams. I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. I am so excited this afternoon to offer you an interview with probably one of our favorites, a well-known international pastor, Pastor Brian Houston. So first off, sir, I'm so honored to have you on the show, and thank you for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm, I'm hearing rumors that you've got this uh, teaching now. It's called There's More. Is that true? <laughs> that is true, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm absolutely committed to the belief that God has so much more for people than they ever realize. Isn't that amazing when we understand the bigness of God, the potential that God sees in us and has for us, that we're the ones doing the limiting, not God? Yeah, that is absolutely true. And in many ways, that's uh, much of the motivation of this book is simply to get people to actually see themselves the way that God sees them. This incredible adventure called The Will of God. I think a lot of us, we allow our limitations, whatever they be, to determine how far we believe our life can go. But it's very clear in Ephesians 3 that God can do exceeding abundant and above anything you or I could ever imagine in our wildest dreams. So that's kind of the theme scripture of the book. So we have to press into that scripture, into that thought. And you've done it in a book. I want to make sure our listeners know that your new book is out. It's called There's More by Brian Houston. It's subtitle, When the World Says You Can't, God Says You Can. I need to hear that about every day. Uh, I know as a former college professor and dean of a college that I think I said that in different words to my students who felt like they couldn't. And I'm sure you've, as many years you've pastored, you've seen it in your church every day. For sure. So what inspired you, Pastor, to go ahead and write this book, taken from your theme and and from this great optimism that you have? What, uh, What inspired you to go ahead and get it down into a book? I'm a huge believer in the potential of people, and uh, I see a a big part of what I'm called to do in life is to help people fulfill that potential, help people to see that God does have more for them. And I think the church in general, so often we live so far below our potential, and uh, my, my approach to pastoring and preaching is not just to preach to people Sundays, but preach to their Mondays, mm-hmm. to their every day, and whether it's their work or their endeavors or their business or their families or whatever area of life, helping people to see that as long as we've got life, you know, unless someone's expecting to die tomorrow or retire tomorrow, that we're on this adventure and that there's still so much more. Yeah, so you're a Monday morning optimist, in other words. Is that right? <laughs> well, yeah, look, I just think we can preach to people's devotional life, which is good, uh, which is kind of like their Sunday life, or we can preach to their vocational life, which is their everyday life. And I love the fact that the principles of the scripture apply to people's everyday lives. That's where we have to outwork it. We have to outwork the things of God in our lives every single day. And so 
the book, I think, addresses that and uh, helps people to really see every day, every opportunity as a chance to live lives that welcoming the more that God has for us. Yes. Well, you know the news. I'm sure you don't read it very much, but you're aware of what's going on internationally and the battles we're having here in the States. How does a person maintain their optimism in in this sea of bad news day after day after day? Look, I think that's a really good question. And I think it, for me, gives even more urgency to this book. Mm. Uh, There is more because if we allow the word around and about us to so consume us that we start building our expectation uh, from that, then we are going to get very discouraged and I think uh, go into our shell and sort of go into cocoon mode and mm-hmm. you know try to live our lives in a way that's that's not outward and so our hope is in the name of the Lord. You know our trust is in God and I really do believe that we need to make sure that we're not building on the defeat that the world is seeing and the negativity that spews out every day, but rather yes. on the Word of God. And I think actually that the world we are living in and the troubles that sees this groaning, creaking world uh, makes the message of there is more, even more relevant because uh, believers, people who love the Lord Jesus Christ, they have answers for people. People are desperate for answers. In a world where you might think, well, people's, uh, you know, thirst for spirituality is dying and waning. I find exactly the opposite. I think that when you really have people believing that God can open doors and new opportunity and you believe in the possibilities of miracles and the possibilities of God taking us beyond our natural ability and into areas that are simply supernatural, uh, that it's it's a great great way forward, even yes. in the face of tough times. Well, as a pastor, you you teach a lot of a lot of your teaching is about leadership, and you know that this is a leadership podcast. We speak to a lot of leaders through this device, and and I think probably the one trait that a a leader must have is this display of optimism to be outwardly optimistic, not just to have quiet. But how do you demonstrate this great optimism you have about life and about God's influence on all of us? You mean demonstrate it on a day-to-day basis? Yes. Yeah, so how do you how yeah. do you show this difference? The there is more difference as a right. leader. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the, the the answer to that really is in the essence of what leadership is, which is example. And I think if we're going to live our lives truly as leaders, then we have to live in a way that gives people a model to follow. And in our ministry, in our church, in 1980, 1983, I wrote uh, on a piece of paper, uh, the church that I now see, and it was 20, 20 years ago now, more than 20 years ago, and it was big and it was audacious and mm-hmm. it was kind of scary, but we pursued that. And, uh, you know, a few years ago when we turned 30 years old, I looked at what had been written back then and realized that it had become a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy that, in fact, that was in many ways the church that we now were pastoring, a global church. Mm-hmm. So we redid the same thing and basically went from the church I see to the church that I now see. And I think it's equally as scary and equally as audacious. And so we as a church are pursuing that. And, and so I feel like as leaders and that my role as a leader uh, is to make sure that I'm believing for more in our life and and uh, 
and pursuing more in our lives and just really watching what God can do and mm-hmm. let it be a testimony to others. Pastor, isn't this in some ways prophetic? That as you see that and speak that God is more and that he wants us to do more and to have more, don't you see that as a, a prophetic message for these times we're living in? I 100% do see it as a prophetic message. I think that uh, the devil would love to shut down people's mm-hmm. hope for the future and have people living just for eternity. And thank God for eternity. Thank God uh, heaven's going to be a wonderful place to be. But I always feel like we weren't just saved for heaven where the Bible talks in one verse about us being saved, called, purposed, and graced. It's yes. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. And I think we're saved for purpose. You know, we're called to purpose. We're graced for purpose. And so I really believe God wants to bring them more in our lives so that we can fulfill his purpose in our lives here on earth. That's powerful. So we know the enemies to walking in a life that believes there is more. Here are some of the things you list in your book that get in the way, and that's simple things like taking offense and becoming familiar to a point where you can't see the potential in people or even accepting mediocrity. So the question is, that's, that is a given of life. I'm going to see these three things all day, every day, in others, and maybe in my mirror. So, Pastor, coach, coach us through that. How do you fight these enemies of offense and familiarity and mediocrity? Well, all of those things are a part of life, mediocrity, offense, and the things that you mentioned, just like that discouragement is. They say more people leave the ministry uh, through discouragement than any other thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, life is also about choices, and I think we have to choose that we are not going to allow uh, mediocrity or disappointment or discouragement or offense or any other thing to stop us from entering into the more that God has got for us. I think we all live for the Master's well done, that yes. well done, good and faithful servant. And I certainly do. I live for that. And I don't think it's a matter of striving for more or pushing us, pressing for more. I do think it's a matter of really trusting God and keeping a spirit of faith and deciding that we're not going to settle down. When I went to Bible college, which was a long time ago now, 1972, 1973, 1974, uh, the Bible college principal, I don't remember a whole lot of what I was taught there, but I remember one time the Bible college principal talking to the students saying, students, no matter what comes your way in life, who hurt you, uh, what discourages you, etc. Never develop a wounded spirit. Mm. And I made a choice as a young person, then not even 20 years old, that I was going to follow that and that I was not going to allow anything to touch my spirit in a negative way. And I can say today, even though I've had my challenges and persecutions and opposition, I can genuinely say there's not one person out there who rules my spirit in a negative way, which is a choice because I don't want anything or anybody, and certainly no attitude that comes out of the, if you like, the wear and tear of ministry. I don't want to allow any of that to stop me from pursuing the more that I know Christ has for me. That's so good. Pastor, you know, the, you say we all live for the well done, good and faithful servant. I, I think I become concerned personally as someone who's been given much that I will get there and I'm going to hear well done, good and faithful servant, but there was more. And and I think I live my life that way, thinking I've got to keep moving. I've got to stay high energy. I I see more, 
that I can get to. Don't you fight that same battle, sir? Yeah, I think uh, what motivates us to for more is just to make sure that the priority is right. Because certainly in my book, it's not about more stuff, more things. Uh, it's not the spirit of the book at all. It's more mm-hmm. of the will of God. It's more of the call of God. It's more, more Jesus. Of, the, of the purpose of God, you know. And um, yes, I do feel like, you know, we need to we need to make sure the foundations of our desire for more is right. And if the foundations are eternal, then, uh, you know, I feel like we, we can we can enter on the journey and we can see God just continue continue to fulfill, you know, just an incredible, his incredible will in our lives. And so I don't feel then that you need to get toward the end and be feeling regret and thinking, oh, there was more, there was more I could have done. Uh, <laughs> while there's life, there's hope, and we need to step up and just keep living the life God's called us to live. That's right. We're speaking of leadership and these issues that attack us all, and I think as much leaders as well as those who are following us, we have the same issues. We get out of rhythm. We we develop some bad habits. We forget our good habits. Uh, maybe we lose a little discipline. Speak to leadership about developing that personal rhythm and keeping faithful to it uh, throughout your ministry. I think there's a lot of things that contribute to, to what you're calling rhythm. I think just having the right people around us, the right friends around us, and I think keeping our, our minds renewed so that we don't allow our thinking to slowly spiral and cause us to draw back. And I think that um, to be people who constantly, constantly uh, motivated by vision and don't allow the vision to waver. Uh, to me, vision is one of the most powerful forces that we have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even in marriage, if you were to ask me what's the greatest secrets of my wife Bobby and I having been married for 41 years, I would say close to the top would be a shared vision. We've always shared the same vision. And so that, you know, keeps us together and it keeps us on course. And so I think there are a lot of very practical things that people can do to help us to be on course. In the book, there is more. There's one chapter. It's about the walk and the war. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the scripture that basically says that though we, uh, you know, war in the spirit, we don't walk in the spirit. So it talks about us walking in the flesh and warring in the spirit. And I think some people are really good at the, at the, at the war. In other words, they're great in the prayer meeting. They're great when it comes to the spiritual, but they're terrible when it comes to the walk, which mm-hmm. is the everyday life, like paying our bills and being in places on time and Come doing on. all those things. Yes. And when, uh, you know, people get both of those sides worked through so that we're good with the walk uh, and we're good with the war. We can go to, we can go to battle against spiritual forces, but in the other hands, we know how to live our lives practically uh, in a way that we're winning and succeeding there as well. You put those two together, and I feel like you are not going to have a whole lot of regret by the time you come to you know, that time when you do meet with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the average leader would ask you, tell me about your day. You do so much. You've been so productive. I know you don't have average days, and every day is different. But if you could speak to pastors about their day, what are some of the things that you try to do to keep your heart alive, to keep your vision moving forward? What are, what are you, some of your systems? 
Well, what you said is true. Pretty well every day I have seems to be different than the one before. Yeah, I'm good. in New York right now. I was in Israel last week, and I was in Australia in the weekend between. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a great life. It's Sounds an like you're tired life. to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little weary, but well, you know, again, if you believe God's got more for you, that in itself inspires you to keep going. Yes, sir. But yeah, look, I I. Uh, I really do think there are certain things we, that we need to keep as part of our lives. Oh, you're uh, in good shape, so you eat well, work <laughs> out. Mostly, mostly, yeah. yeah. On my better days, I do. <laughs> but I, I do think just having healthy, healthy environment, you know, being committed to keeping our marriage healthy, being committed to having great friendships and relationships, making sure that we take the obvious time needed in the Word, time with the Lord, uh, having time just give yourself a moment out and actually enjoy some rest, I think, is absolutely critical. How do you rest? Live life, pardon? How do you find rest? What are your secrets for getting rest? I mean, you live in a beautiful place to do it, but (laughs) at the same time, you have to carve out that. How do you make that happen? Well, I'm not religious about very much, but I have always been pretty religious about taking my Monday off. So Monday's our day off. And uh, as much as I love the big weekends and Sundays, I love just as much Mondays where uh, certainly when I'm being disciplined, you know, I I don't I didn't go near the office. I don't. And I just take the whole day off. And uh, for me, rest, anything near the water, mm-hmm. I'll automatically start resting. So the idea of sitting at a cafe with my wife uh, with a cup of coffee Maybe even reading the sports news, that to me is rest and relaxation. And look, I honestly think it is absolutely important for the long term that we do have that kind of balance in our lives. Do you take many holidays yourself? Do you get away for longer periods? We do now actually more than we have before. Our our world's changed a little. Obviously, when you're a young pastor, you're kind of carrying so much and as time goes on, we've got such an incredible team with us, both in Australia and around the world, and they're carrying so much of the day-to-day, which means Bobby and I have been able to lift our eyes a little higher Good. and see something of the big picture. And uh, so, yeah, with that has come more opportunity for us to possibly have uh, more holidays than we have in the past. And I, you know, like I say, I value holidays. I value rest. I think it's important and I think uh, the idea of just pushing yourself, pushing yourself, pushing yourself until you're stressed, you you know, you don't have so much to offer. It's just not wise leadership. I agree. That's another thing I'm still working on, Pastor. Even at my age of 65, I feel like every day I take off, I feel a little guilty, and, and I know I need to be healed of that. But I feel like there's more that I could be doing, and particularly on a weekend, I feel like there's just more I could do. But yeah. I have to slow down because it's it's just I can feel it in my body. Yeah. Well, sixty five. That's old. I know. I'm only, I'm only sixty four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you just haven't felt it yet, Pastor. You wait till you get to sixty five. <laughs> You're in trouble. We've got time for one more question. I want to make sure that everyone knows, all of our listeners knows, we're speaking with Brian Houston about his great new book, There Is More. And I hope if you've heard any message, you've heard that in this podcast, and it will cause you to want to go find this book and read it. Uh, your release date is when? Uh, today. Today is the release date. I'm so Last excited. So it's on Amazon? Release. You can get it, obviously, anywhere books are sold, but sure. on 
Amazon. There's audio book and there's Kindle. And to be honest, if people were just to uh, go to thereismorebook.com, it will take them straight to Amazon. And there they can find the audio book, Kindle, and obviously the printed book as well. But I, I, I'm excited about the book. You know, I genuinely believe it's the best book I've written. And the initial feedback I've been getting from people has been really fantastic, overwhelming, actually. Oh, that's on a good how sign. it's inspired them and challenged them. So I really hope people do get it too. Good. Your pre-sales have been good, Brian? Yeah, it's all gone well to date. So publishers are happy. Everybody seems happy. Yeah. So that's always a good start. Well, I'd just like to ask you one more question. And, and if you would, speak to our audience one last time before we call it a day. And, and that's to deal, help us deal with the times when maybe even you have felt like there, there isn't any more. I mean, I just, there's, I don't have vision any longer. I'm spent, I'm burnt out. I'm not discouraged. I'm just tired or maybe I feel like I've done all. So when you get to that place, and I know that I have listeners that are there and we come and go through those phases, their seasons, uh-huh. as you've been tempted, as you have dealt with it, Give us advice on how we can push through to always carry that optimism that there is more. Well, I think my life is a great example of that because in my last book, Live, Love, Lead, I talk a little bit about my journey and I always saw myself as a very, um, for want of a better way of putting, for want of a better way of putting it, a very happy-go-lucky guy and never thought I'd ever be the kind to go anywhere near burnout or whatever it's pretty well documented that when I was in my mid-40s, I found out that way back in the 1970s, my father had abused children. Mm. My father was my hero, and so it was a massive, a massive blow for me. And obviously, you know, there were victims for whom it was a much bigger blow still. Sure. And over the next 10, 12 years after that, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time sort of addressing that and dealing that in terms of the church and other things, but maybe never really looked after myself till I got to the point where uh, I had a massive panic attack and, yeah, I really came to a bad place. And uh, by God's grace, I got some good counsel then and some good help, and it turned around miraculously quickly. I believe I got a miracle. And today feel better than I've ever felt and feel stronger, feel like I'm preaching better than I've ever preached, etc. And so I know what it's like to get discouraged to the point of, uh, you know, it becoming extremely unhealthy. But even in those times, I think if there was an encouragement I could give to everyone is just to believe in your heart that God has so much more for you and that he can help you through your current challenge and take you through the days of much better health, healing, victory, and preparation for still an incredible God-given future. Amen. So when the world says you can't, or (laughs) you say you can't, God says you can. And what a great message. The book is There's More by Pastor Brian Houston. You know him, you love him, you've heard him for so many years. This is a must-read book. It'll help you. It'll help you keep your faith, your optimism rolling high. It, today is the release date. You can find it at thereismorebook.com. You can also find it at bookstores everywhere. It's certainly online with Amazon.com. Pastor Brian Houston, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you, Doctor, and God bless you, and thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. God bless you, Pastor. God bless you all. Regent University is one of the fastest growing universities in the nation, experiencing 21% growth from summer 2016 to summer 2017. 
This fully accredited university offers associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees within an innovative learning environment that includes the option of enrolling solely on campus in Virginia Beach, Virginia, 100% online, or using a blend of both. Since its establishment in 1978, Regent has equipped 23,000 alumni from 125 countries to become accomplished professionals. Guided by a mission of Christian leadership to change the world, the school prepares students with the knowledge to excel and the faith to live with purpose. To learn more or request information, visit www.learn.regent.edu. That's www.learn.regent.edu. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.